0: Welcome to the geek-centric podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-filled discussion for Marvel Studios Doctor. Strange in the Multiverse of Matt. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin. Today, we're diving into full spoilers about Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We'll be talking about all parts of the film, from the story to the characters to those outstanding moments and some otherwise questionable moments, plus those cameos and the introduction of the Illuminati, and of course, those end credit stingers. So I think it goes without saying, if you haven't seen this movie, then get to your nearest theater now, check it out, and come back and join us but for those who have survived their multiversal journey let me introduce you to my illuminati for today's episode first up we have the sweet voice that can kill you with just a whisper Nate Shelton, how are you, buddy?
1: Pizza Papa always gets paid. I'm doing great, man. I've seen this movie three times. I'm ready to dive in and talk about how good it is and also how bad it is. We're going to talk about all that.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And uh, while we're without our brainy, stretchy friend, Kevin, who is in the most magical place on earth, we do have the other genius intellect of our group with powerful psychic abilities when it comes to all things marvel comics that is of course darcy hudson how are you buddy i'm doing good i'm doing good i like how i'm I'm professor x i i will take that i have more hair than i was gonna say (laughs) justin you gotta play the (laughs) when you like as soon as he starts talking it'd be perfect (laughs) Uh. <laughs> oh well guys um let's get right into it let's actually start with with you Dars as sort of the kickoff to the conversation so we could talk about this movie with full spoilers. I'd love to know what you thought of this movie and your rating Nate and I have already given our ratings I, I believe we were both at a four out of five multiverses uh so darcy what, what are your thoughts of the movie and uh your your rating uh, uh out of five multiverses
2: yeah well so i mean i, I went with you so afterwards we uh, of course had our quick after the movie talk and i'm pretty sure i said then was that i love the story overall it's just some of the uh, the way they told that story in some situations was like that they, they could have been handled better i don't know i mm-hmm. so some of the most awkward fight scenes to in a Marvel movie too. I was not, not normally remembering fight scenes as being bad in the movie, but this one that stood out for me. So that kind yeah. of took away from the, the overall experience. But again, it introduced a lot of cool things. Yeah. I, I guess my score probably would, I think in a bit lower than you guys, maybe a 3.8 right. out of five, just uh, cause yeah, again, some of those choices were just like, that took me right out of what could have been a really spooky and
0: cool story. I, I think you're, you're, you're very much, uh, You have the same sentiments as as many people online uh, uh, through Twitter.
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as the narrative is concerned, this is like a pizza ball. You know what I mean? Like it's it's pizza. You, you go into it. You're like a pizza. Of course, it's going to be phenomenal. And then it's a right. little bit messy, and it kind of leaves mm-hmm. some grease everywhere. And you're kind of punching yourself in the face a few times uh, <laughs> as you're leaving the theater, trying to like wrap your head around what wow. what these decisions were. Um, but, so you're basically saying the audience is Bruce Campbell's character. <laughs> absolutely. In, in this, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. The okay. audience. That's a great analogy. I yeah, love it. The audience I, I'm on board. is Mephisto. Uh, the story is definitely <laughs> messy. It moves a little too fast for us to to digest anything. And that's actually, I think that's very purposeful. Um, It doesn't take itself too seriously, which again, is both good and bad. um, And it's got a really weak first act with a lot of narrative decisions that are going to feel very familiar to comic book readers, while potentially right. upsetting and I say that just to clear the air, I say that as a like a fairly new comic book reader. I'm I'm standing in the presence of comic book greatness. So I <laughs> I I completely understand if I'm off base on that. But I don't think I am. I think I think there's a lot of aspects to the movie that are going to upset a lot of viewers who are who maybe aren't as accustomed to the pace at which a lot of the problems in this movie get resolved. Um and yeah. I also think as far as the WandaVision fans This is divisive. People online are freaking out about what happened with Wanda in the movie. Of course, we'll discuss her and her character uh, later on. But I think think for the MCU fandom overall, this is going to be similar to The Last Jedi, right? You're going to have a lot of interesting new ideas brought into an established franchise that's not going to work for a lot of people. But I think for, for the ones that do enjoy it, I think... It's, an act, it's actually a good thing for the MCU at this point. We're so far, we've got so many movies. They have to keep trying to bring in new things. They have to keep bringing in new voices. And while it's not going to land for everyone, some of them will, um, which yeah. again makes it sound like I'm being super negative on the movie. It was still really fun. Like, oh. I, I love the level of horror Ed, that it brings in. And I, I'm excited to see that implemented and, and some of the stuff that Raimi did implemented in future MCU movies. Um, but I just, I've, there's such a discourse online right now.
0: Yeah, there's things that it, th- this movie got right that should be continued through other MCU movies, such as the horror element and how it handles uh, the spookiness of of the MCU. I totally agree with you there. I I honestly think that the elements of the story aren't necessarily unconventional for an MCU. It's just the execution that feels un MCU, if you will. Right. I-, I think that's what a lot of people are are having a problem with. Like you know, you look at other filmmakers like James Gunn. You look at Peyton Reed. You look at Taika Waititi. Right. These are directors and filmmakers that that are able to put themselves in the movie. And here, this definitely has those moments where it's like, oh man, that is totally Sam Raimi. But this whole movie feels more like a Sam Raimi film than it does an MCU mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Whereas I think all the other movies that have come before it, where we have these outstanding filmmakers, there's a balance. It's it's a it's a playful sort of manner. That being said, it's not all on him. I feel like. After seeing it the second time and 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 watching the sort of pacing and the way we move through the story, I do think that this film struggles from a writing standpoint as well. And it sucks because, like, I, lo- I love Michael Waldron. I think he's really great. I, I think this just kind of shows that writing a film is a much different experience than writing a six episode series like Loki or or he's he's written other series as well so you know there's more time to to kind of you know spread these things out over over multiple episodes where here it's a two hour and six minute movie right like this there's a lot that this movie needs to accomplish so while I I don't think that the concepts that they're playing with are unusual for the MCU I just think the execution of how it was handled that is what the struggle is with this and you know I, I don't think I would drop my score at all from the four because i think the fun stuff that i really that really stood out that i really gets me excited about the future of what this movie is doing for the mcu i'm still i'm still kind of hooked with it so thankfully it didn't it didn't drop my score but i definitely did notice more things that i'm just like "Mm, i don't know if i really like that
1: so yeah there's things uh i think you know as i've been talking to friends and hearing other people's point of view um i've I have Justin. and I've been very tempted to think about it and kind of like, do I drop down to a three, five? Um, because this is just barely reaching over a 3.9 to a four for me. Um, I think again, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the best moments of this movie that I found. Um, and those, when I get to them, you'll I think you'll understand how excited I am for them, how much uh, I was just constantly thinking about those moments, giggling as we were driving home from the theater um, about those moments and still thinking back to them. And even a third round going into them and just getting giddy to sort of see them again and, and, and see the audience's reaction to them. Um, I, I think those are still aspects that bring that score up for me. Um, but again, yeah. there's going to be parts of this movie that we're going to talk about probably in our what we didn't like that is just it's going to that those any one of them could be the nail in the coffin for a lot of fans when it comes to uh to you know giving this movie a two or a one
0: I I think the one thing that really was surprising about the story is is the sort of utilization of characters now we'll talk about characters uh, when we get there but uh just right off the bat you know um America Chavez, like when she was on screen, she was so captivating. I loved seeing her. Um, I think I wanted to see more of her throughout this story. I really wanted this film to be about her with Doctor Strange. Um, versus what we got. Uh, I I think that she was incredibly underutilized. That, uh, obviously, because of that, it does give more focus to Strange and Wanda's dynamic a, a, as they go against one another. I just feel like, you know, getting into this whole multiversal concept and what this movie was meant to do, I think, right, is, is kind of use Spider-Man No Way Home as a launching pad to really introduce multiversal ideas. And yet this movie doesn't really move the needle that much. You know, you think with the introduction of America chapter as it would, but it was just so underwhelming. The multiversal qualities were so light. I, I understand that we're going to get more of America down the road, but I was just—I was underwhelmed with how how she was utilized in this movie. I don't know how did how did you guys feel about that?
1: Well, it dips it dips its toes in the water for sure. Uh, in, yeah. in you know, and I think with America Chavez, I mean. Listen, you you nailed the execution in terms of character design. Looking at images of right. her, I've never read an American Chavez uh, comic book, but personality at, too, absolutely. Yeah, they, they and like that, yeah. like her her pride pin on her jacket, uh, the fact that she has Amor S. Amor stitched into her jacket, love is and, love. Um, and those are you know, new
2: from the comics too. Like they decided to take that character even further, which was
1: really cool to see. Super dope. And it's it you know I love what she represents. I love she loves pizza. She's a pizza loving teenager. I mean. Turtles fans, where are you at? Like, let's go, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I know, and and I think, and she, she wears chucks, and she wears chucks, and you know she's I mean? just got a such a funness about her. She's got that Spider-Man, Peter Parker element um, that we love, but in a character that's you know for today's audiences a little more. And I, I just, I don't know, man. I think Zochi Gomez was an excellent choice for the character. Um, I love the moment where she's like out of his butt like that line delivery is perfect every time I hear it I just like you said I wish she was more than a, a running MacGuffin in this movie I feel like they fast tracked her origin story yeah. which works well for 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 Spider-Man like Peter Parker we've seen that so many times so you don't need to give us an MCU origin story of, of Tom Holland Peter Parker. It just—it felt like it was a little unfair to her character to just sort of. She was one toss note. She this. was one note, yeah. man.
0: Yeah, she was so one note. She was like, I can't control my powers. Yeah, and that, and, and she's like, I just, I just can't. But then it comes to the end where you know we got Zombie Strange hobbling over and saying, "You can do it. I tr- believe in you." That's <laughs> right. all she needed. She yeah. needed Zombie Defender Strange to tell her that she could. Uh, control her power. It's just, it just—it just felt like two hours to get to that. It, it just didn't feel worth it. it. It obviously made sense for the climactic end that we got. I don't know. It just like you—you you described it great. Like she was just a MacGuffin for the yeah. sake of it throughout this this whole thing. And I think
2: they could have used the character a lot better, even without changing much, except for that ending scene. Like I feel like mm-hmm. this whole movie was the exploration of Strange against his own ego because he thinks he's the strongest and can do everything oh, on his own. Totally, that, and that he sees what that can turn out like with seeing these other versions of someone thinking the same thing. So, like, that was the whole point of this movie. And I think the climactic scene could have, again, been more organic than that zombie pep talk if it was more um, America awakening to her power after being, like, having that power directly, like initiated by the scarlet witch like maybe that was what taught her like in the moment oh i've never thought of it that way i've only ever been afraid but now i see what pathways to take to get there and then that would have been a cool like i can come and save the day now you can rely on me and that would have been a great moment of you know picking up the same ending but having a much more impactful in my mind uh like turnaround strange being willing to give up to see her figure it out on her own type thing i think that'd be really cool but they They again beefed it
1: And what a strange decision to, it was strange decision, Eh, uh, what what an (laughs) odd decision to, at the end, not have her do the thing that she's only wanted to do the entire time. So she's going to stay at the commertage to learn a new power when she just figured out how to use her own power. And, and and she's not going to run out to try and find her mom's like why why not why yeah. not
2: I said that to Justin too that was that's the dumbest thing it's like why is she not just going to find her mom's it's yeah. peace I'll be back if I want to hang out again type right? thing she knows how to control her powers
0: uh, yeah that was the whole point so I thought that was the whole point of her trying to control her powers mm-hmm. so she could find her her parents See, like they they built it up and then it, at the by the end of it it just didn't matter you know all of that stuff just just did not matter so it, it felt very um, non non relevant. Um, but, you know, again, like seeing the multiverse and seeing these visuals of the multiverse, it was it was absolutely wild. Like, uh, granted, it was just one sequence that we saw them kind of fly through in this slow-mo. But did you guys pick anything up? I'm I'm going to start with Nate because I feel like he's got like he's seen it like a bajillion times <laughs> well, three times. So so it's like it's probably burned into your head. And also, I believe the scene is online. It, it was one but of the most of it. They classes. cut, yeah. cut like,
2: one or two things out basically
1: i think the only the only things obviously the paint universe looked dope um i thought it was interesting that we see a b universe considering that is part of uh a very rushed (laughs) version of an origin story for america chavez with the b being the thing that scares her to lose her moms um so interesting that they went through a b universe i thought i Um, thought
0: the b universe was um actually the quantum realm the oh, first okay. Time I saw it. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. It I, could. That's I, what thought I thought it, it was I I a universe. I saw a quantum. I, 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 I thought it was hinting, I thought it was hinting at the quantum realm as being um one of those multiverses. Uh I thought that was that was a um uh a a, a, a reference to the quantum realm. Like Darcy, like I, I was wondering, like, did you see anything that really kind of spoke to uh some of the comic book stuff? Like there was that one where everyone was was skulls. And I it was saw like it. it was like burning fire, and I was like, is that like I just thought of Ghost Rider. I mean, it could be Ghost
2: like, Rider. There was also a, a another Doctor Strange comic called Damnation, where Las Vegas was basically turned into hell on earth, and oh. so a lot of people were like ghouls and spooks and demons were just roaming the streets in that issue. So that maybe that's that could what that be was, what then. they were trying to re- refer to. I mean, I, I thought I saw a cool like noir esque universe as they were flying through
0: there. I did. Been, yeah, I
2: saw that. I was like, did. oh, Peter Parker's somewhere around there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it got like all like um black and white and mm-hmm. you could see like the the flicker of the reel. That was pretty cool.
1: And the the first one being I think the heads of the Living Tribunal. Uh, yes. Was was oh, the very yeah. first thing that we passed by, which I think really speaks to. Again, we'll we'll get into predictions and things, but I think it has a lot to do with what's coming coming from the MCU in the future.
2: Yeah, sure. I also feel like that's showing that her power is more than multiverse jumping. I think it's also dimension because they exactly. live in the fabric between realities. So, Interesting. exactly like the fact that we saw them so clearly means she can. She it's not just another universe she can go to she can go to those spaces between the universes that no, most people can't even get to so i think that's yeah. a
0: really cool like, like you know she's more powerful than what we even know already again this is the sort of stuff that they they really nailed with with making us very excited for what we will see in future multiversal stories in the mcu
1: well, I mean, you're definitely right about that. I would say you're definitely not Wong. Um, but Wong in this movie. Sorry, I had to get it in at least once. Wong, uh, Wong was great in this movie, got a lot more than he did in the first one. Um, I love the running gag that paid off in the end of the tradition of bowing. I think all of yeah. his interactions with Stephen were so well written. Um, I think it would be really cool to see more of a buddy cop. Between them, I'd love to see a movie where it's just a dedication of like him and Strange together, like for the entirety of the movie. Getting them split up, I was a little disappointed because um, I re- just happen, wanted them though. to do it. Either well, I understand that aspect of that, but I just feel like. I don't know. They're just so much fun together on screen. I just want an entire yeah. movie with them. Or like I saw on on Twitter, somebody was like, give me a Wong and Ned movie where he just teaches Ned to, to be, or even like a short, yeah, that like a short great. film would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. It'd be so good.
2: Like Ned's summer school or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> just him learning some magic. Yeah. I Yeah. But Wong was great this movie too. And I feel like they, what they're setting up for too, this whole master disciple relationship that was finally established. Like, yes, I am the Supreme. You got to respect me type thing. Will lead to down the line, maybe not the next one, but future movies. We might see Wong die and then pass the mantle to Stephen again, what, where he then yeah earned it in a different way because now he's overcome his ego and he understands the the importance of relying on others to get the job done and stuff like that.
0: Well, I was wondering this, and 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 you know, that's definitely like more of a. Maybe in the future we'll see, but I'm wondering if there, if it's a, there's a specific reason as to why he's not the Sorcerer Supreme. Whereas, like in all the other universes, like America Chavez says, like you're not the Sorcerer Supreme. She would have thought because I think the other iterations that she's met. He was the Sorcerer Supreme, right? So I'm wondering if it's one of those things here in the MCU to make it his differentiation from all the other multiverse versions, like he's destined to be, you know, here, he's not.
1: I like like that theory. I think Marvel writers, are super smart. They could figure out a way to implement something like that. Um, I just saw it in this movie as part of the narrative that Darcy was explaining of Stephen um, isn't the one... To, to have to hold the knife Yet. by the end of this movie, right? He's Movies. he's, yeah, he's accepting sure. the fact that, hey, you know what? You know what, Wong? Yes, I will bow to you. You are the Sorcerer Supreme. I don't need to be the Sorcerer Supreme yeah. um, because I'm able to, you know, I was able to work on myself throughout this movie and, and kind of solve that mm-hmm. for himself. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I also feel like it's another creative way that Marvel can keep him in New York because... As we see, the Sorcerer Supreme should be at Camartage and knowing him, he'd be cocky and staying in his hometown, kind of neglecting his duties. So maybe that's almost almost like a penance for him to be like, you didn't do it right the first time. So if you're going to do it again, you're going to do it right and learn how to do that type thing. So I thought it was a cool
0: setup for that, at least. For sure. All right. So with that, why don't we just move right into characters? Let's start off with uh, talking more about uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, as Strange. Uh, How how did you guys feel about his performance uh, through this movie?
2: Again, I thought it was great. He did a really good job of uh, portraying, again, a guy trying to battle his own ego and realizing and seeing, literally seeing what could result from him making these decisions on his own. And I thought, that was, I thought it was really cool. I, it was really neat seeing him portray different versions of him as well. Again, seeing him turn to the kid and tell him, I'm going to kill you is just like, that is... Dr. Strange wouldn't do that. So it was really neat seeing all these different facets of the same character, which is kind of funny coming off of the heel of Moon Knight, where we see, again, one actor portraying different personalities. So it was really cool seeing another MCU version of that.
1: Yeah, I think you're you absolutely right. Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange. Like they're synonymous now for me from a casting standpoint. It's it's
0: It's like Downey and Iron Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and
1: Jackman and Wolverine. Like it's this is it's yeah, exactly. this uh, Cumberbatch is Strange and I think um you know there's there's some fantastic moments with with really great acting too that I want to uh, come to mind for me. I think one when he notices uh Wanda knows America's name. Right, and he he sort of steps back, and you can just see it in his face. Like that's a level of acting that's that's it was. I thought it was really really good, and and I also just loved um at the end, like I, call me cheesy, but when he says to Christine that he loves her in in every universe, um, that really got to me as well. And and those were moments that I thought he was able to shine in as opposed to you know, being a zombie and and trying to give an inspirational speech as a zombie, I felt. uh, you. I don't care how good an actor you are. You can't act through that. Um, But I also like, as far as Stephen Strange is concerned in this movie, I like that they gave us more backstory with his sister uh, named Donna um, because I feel like that gives us some inf- inclination into like why he feels he needs to be the one in power, why he needs to be the one in control so he can save he the save world, because um, yeah. he couldn't save his sister. And again, it, it it's a, you know.
0: With with that, it's interesting at, at the end there when they're talking, him and Wong, and he asks, you know, are you happy? You know, think you think saving the world would make you happy, but he just, he feels sort of empty. Yeah. Um, And I think that just kind of proves that no matter how much power, you know, he, he amasses and, and what he does, he's still feeling lonely at the end of it. So, you know, and I kind of, I get why Christine was there as sort of that reminder of that, but the whole thing just kind of felt shoehorned in. Like I love Rachel McAdams. Don't get me wrong, but her, the love story, the whole thing just felt very shoehorned in there. I would have liked it if we didn't see her right off the top. And then we, we saw her when we did see her in that multiversal Illuminati scene. Um, But other than that, I feel like, the whole I love you and all this universe is just like we get it it just it just felt like this sort of romantic moment for the sake of it um that was you know again meant to be emotionally thing but only if the real emphasis here is you know he's going to go try and find love.
2: I mean, I feel like that's what it was really. It was like, that closure on that relationship too. Like he really now yeah, I guess, can yeah. start, like ter- close the book and start looking and wish her all the happiness in his universe knowing that out there, maybe there is a universe where he does end up with her type thing. Kind of like what Wanda says to Wanda <laughs> at the movie. Like there like, there will be someone out like there's a universe out there where it, you are happy. And what's to say that you can't find that in a different route here. And again, we, I think... With the what happens at the end, definitely sets a potential for him to move on in a very cool way.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued to get your thoughts on on that moment. But um, I also just wanted to shout out, like we got Daddy Strange again. Like it's weird how he keeps. This is the second storyline in a row now where he's having to work with kids, and um, and it's just it is kind of weird though because like he's so jaded towards the kids in no way home i am I'm, I'm almost curious to think like the only way i can sort of justify why he's so um very quickly accepting of america chavez other than the fact that he he needs her power is the fact that i i think he learned his lessons or, or at least that lesson in no way home uh, a little bit and right and maybe that's why he was able to um kind of accept her so easily here
0: yeah, for sure. I think in no way home he was very annoyed by the kids. He was like, "All right, you guys just need to fix this," and he knew Spider Man needed to fix it. And I think even by the end of it, when he showed up uh, at the at the Statue of Liberty, there he he was a little surprised at what they were able to accomplish uh, while he was stuck in uh, the the mirror the mirror world. So I I feel like you know again it. it You're right, Nate. It probably is. That's probably part of the reason why he was a little more accepting. He did seem a little annoyed right off the top, you know, when he's uh, interrogating America Chavez.
2: She is being shifty and just, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. He had a weird dream about her. I'd be on edge, too, if all of a sudden someone from my dream is standing right next to me.
0: For sure. And like even just that idea that, you know, dreams in Marvel Universe mean that they're just gateways to the multiverse. Like that's... That's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So But you know, you you brought up Wong, you brought up we've talked about America Chavez. You know, these characters felt very they were the exposition. They had to provide very much the the groundwork and background. Like even Wong to a certain degree really served as as sort of a a person of information that needed to provide that for the viewers. And there's actually a few of them throughout the movie. You know, in the opening act, we it's really on on Wong and, and America Chavez to kind of get us up to speed about what is going on right especially with the book of Ashanti and, and all this stuff so very very expository characters well
1: and I mean and, and and I think when the exposition is done right you can tell and when it's done wrong you can really tell and I think you know I was talking about some of those ideas of like Again, uh, comic book writing sort of giving you a a lot of exposition in in, in a lot of comic book writing, a lot of sort of quick pace in terms of turnaround for you've got a problem. Now you've got an answer. And literally in a conversation in in, in two sentences, we go from the book of Vashanti isn't real to no, it is real. They give it to you. They tell you about it in the secret book you get when you become Sorcerer Supreme. Like, again, I laughed at that moment. I thought that was pretty clever and funny. But at the same time, that's an example of one of those sort of things that probably will rub a lot of people the wrong way to just be like, oh, so you can just add a line to your movie. And then all of a sudden this new rule is 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 in the MCU. It just feels a little a lot of like this movie unearned, I think.
2: Again, I feel like that kind of explains is like one of the reasons why Strange is Source uh, Sorcerer Supreme again is because Correct. he didn't read that book apparently. Like he's so <laughs> cocky and it, yeah. sure of himself he didn't check any of the new lore like new books once he got the job. He's like, ah, I don't need to, I know what I'm doing. Seems kind of dumb. So I I like that aspect of it where it's like Wong takes his job seriously and has looked into what he needs to do. So I where yeah. Strange clearly didn't go that far. So I thought that was a cool little touch.
0: Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And and you know, to Nate's point, characters kind of serving to provide quick answers to solutions and, and Wong being that character, you know, halfway through this movie, the dark hold gets gets destroyed. And through Wong we learn of Gore Mountain and the fact that the rituals are there and that the book is a copy. And even when we get to Gore, he is filling us in about what this mountain is and this, this sort of ritualistic tomb. Um, and, and, and you're right. It, it does rub me the wrong way because I feel like it devalues the dark hold by doing that. And it also devalues the character of Wong because he just serves the purpose of always being the guy with the answers. And he was very much the guy with the answers in this movie.
1: Now, a character that I did think was was vastly improved over the first one. And I got to give her a shout out is Christine Palmer. I think I loved her red hair dope that she has red hair in that universe um and i thought it was great to see her kicking ass in the movie i love that she you know that moment with the go
0: back to hell
1: back to hell was fun and (laughs) and that was the one rainy line where i was like all right i'll give you a pass on that one but um but you know her working for the for the baxter foundation i thought was really really cool naming the the universes and giving us the confirmation of uh 838 and and our universe of 616 and i think um i i I kind of like, I love the idea that she took his uh, cape or um, his cloak from the 838 uh, version of him and sewed the whole back. You notice he's got that blue patch on the back of his uh, cloak yeah. going forward from that scene. And I thought that was super cool. Like he'll always have that to kind of, um, I As guess, remember remember this adventure and, and, and we'll see yeah. that on the character uh, for the most part. I, uh, I wonder though, if this was her send off. I think this might have been her send off for the character. I think it was, um, and and so he can, you know, he can quote unquote face his fears and and find someone else, maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think I think you know again if she does come back because like clearly she understands how how the multiverse works and stuff like that. So I think my favorite you know new addition to this character in this universe was the fact that she is so
2: ingrained with the magical like technology that she's mm-hmm. made, like she's recreating technology that or creating technology that uh, recreates magical effects like the, the handcuffs and everything about the lockers or like a lot of the stuff there. She clearly had an understanding of because she works so closely with that universe is strange. So I thought it was Mm -hmm. really cool. You know, it reminded me of almost Jane Foster, how she's so obsessed with Asgardian magic, how it is science. This is almost like another exploration of that Seeing Like this is someone who's using science to make magic. We can see that almost next step in the evolutionary chain between magic or science and magic at least so yeah. I thought that was really cool uh, and again I, like you said I could possibly see her returning for uh, maybe even the next big crossover event if they like it seems like this sure. movie is really setting up uh, secret wars or incursions so down the line if we
0: need a multiverse expert we know where to find one type thing sure that makes sense that makes sense um, let's talk about our villain you know everyone thought it wasn't gonna be Wanda we were right because that, that was the way that they were going with it. Um, but there were people that were like, gosh, they won't make Wanda the villain. And I was one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think that that's part of what has fans a little irked is how her character was, was handled, especially after after WandaVision. Like I said in our spoiler-free that I felt that this was the next progression. She has the dark hold it's consumed her. It's very much like the Lord of the Rings, the the Ring of Power. It exacts a toll and and that's very much what we explore throughout this movie is is how devastatingly evil the dark hold is and how consuming it is. The results of her actions and the, you know, yes it was rooted in a desire to be a mother and I get that might seem a little bit off cuz you're basically villainizing a mother. I think at the end of the day she's lost perspective uh because of the dark hold and and that's that to me was was the actual bad guy wasn't necessarily wanda it was the dark hold working its way through wanda i don't know i I feel a little bit different she was outstanding though honestly like Mm -hmm. i think she she brought so many different levels of emotion was just so good she she killed it she was so good
1: i i i want to kind of dive in and 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 mention a few things that i liked about uh scarlet witch and our villain in this movie and because the rest of it's not <laughs> the most positive for scarlet witch specifically um i thought that the touch with the black fingers super nice um great great continuation there of of just bringing in aspects of what the dark hold can do to you um i think you know the moment where she says know that they'll be loved was fantastic and yeah elizabeth olsen's performance was great I think but specifically when she let her Wanda shine through. Right? I, I think it's 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 not something we haven't seen before in WandaVision. So it's not it wasn't anything uh brand new, but it was still fantastic. Um, I think they they really tried to hammer home the concept of her being fully turned with two lines of dialogue it won't be Wanda that comes for her it'll be the scarlet witch and she has the darkhold the darkhold has her and it and i, I that's cool and all but this turn was not earned in this movie i'm a mother i'm not a monster the, the it's like this crazed woman dealt with too much grief trope um and the darkhold corruption thing i didn't i just didn't find that it did enough to justify her turn because I think, you know, look at something like we're all Star Wars fans and I get this is a very odd sort of comparison, but Anakin, Revenge of the Sith, right? Moving throughout those movies, we get hints in each little moment of her getting there. All we got for for this turn for her character was an after credit scene. I, I don't care what you say about what she did in Westview. An after credit scene in WandaVision and then this moment. And it was jarring, dude. It was way too fast. And sure. no longer... Wanda doesn't exist according to this movie anymore. And that's the part that's pretty upsetting. And, w- you know, obviously we'll talk about whether or not we get to see her again or the Scarlet Witch again um, because I am considering them two separate characters in my head as this movie is apparently telling us. Um, but I just... Like, the whole aspect of, like, why take... why f- Why force... Even Wong says it. Why force uh, take her her powers when you could just force her to take you to the boys? You don't need to kill her and take her powers. She's like, well, what if they get sick? I need to go get the medicine in some universe. It's just it's such a a lame excuse, and I just I just feel like it, it being a horror movie has an aspect of it being like. We need the terrifying big bad to be portrayed in ways that keep them from being relatable. But I wanted to be upset for Wanda. I wanted to cry for Wanda. I wanted to, you know, you could have still made her the villain, but but made her be so much more dynamic. Like, honestly, I, I any other movie, if you give us another movie or another season of WandaVision where we get to see the descent over time, I think would have really helped us get there for her. Because again, I think it was so cool to see the Scarlet Witch kick ass. Don't get me wrong. I just wanted to get to a place where I was seeing these two these two toys clash up against each other in my toy box and I wouldn't want them to. I love those moments in Game of Thrones where I'm like, I don't want either person to win in this battle right now. And I didn't feel that at all in this movie. Sorry, I'm, I'm freaking out here. <laughs>
2: I think what would have made a huge difference is if we saw Cathan. We only heard his name and never saw what he looks like. If we saw some form or even heard him whispering in Wanda's ear throughout this movie and pushing her to make those choices would be a, uh, go a lot further Palpatine. than just seeing her. Yeah. yeah, Palpatine. Even if we don't have to see him, just an illusion that there is someone there controlling her. As opposed to just getting these expo dumps, that there is this all-powerful god behind the scenes, which I think again that's what that's where it fell short for me. It also feels like they're telling the story backwards because if we look at Wandavision and that is you know the MCU's House of M, yeah, as people are looking at it, then this. Movie would almost be the the dis- disassembled uh, Avengers storyline that preceded the House of M, where she finds out that she had two kids but forgot about them and goes crazy and kills a bunch of Avengers,
0: and then that leads to House of M. Like that's the sto- the path well, that, that the character happens. takes, <laughs> but they they're doing it backwards. I, I understand what you guys are saying that there there wasn't enough that was fed into why she had this descent, and for me though, at least that that end credit singer of seeing her with the dark hold, understanding what it did to Agatha, and now that she had it. Knowing that there was going to be a huge gap of time, it's the whole reason why you predicted that she was going to be the bad guy, right, Nate? Because you knew she had Darkhold and that she was going to try to get her kids back. And I think that that was very apparent in just that end credit sting of WandaVision. I feel like that's what we got here. I could totally agree with the fact that we we could have gotten more and seen The Descent. But I really like what you pointed out, Darcy. It's just like maybe we got glimpses of Kathan just whispering in her ear we saw a figure we saw eyes we saw someone else in the room with her when she was doing these spells we saw something that helped to kind of insinuate that the book very much like you know again the ring of power with with sauron kind of in the shadows always always there that sort of element to the dark hold i think that could have that could have helped a lot more with maybe grounding it but i don't know if we needed to see every nuance moment of how she gets into it because all of the moments that you described Nate, you know, the emotional moments, the feeling sorry for her, you know, knowing that she had that was all built in WandaVision. When we come here to this point, we know that she's lost perspective because she's allowed the evil to consume her.
1: I guess. But like the one ring of power, we get to see Gollum's descent into into becoming Gollum, right we get to we even if it's in a montage yeah, we sequence, get a flashback we I guess. get a little Just bit of that descent. right we Just get to see frodo start to <laughs> like get there we start seeing him turn we even with something like agatha harkness we never got that. She was evil no. from the beginning. That was the best part of that scene was the fact that she was pretending to be so oh my gosh. I'm sorry. And then that heel turn in that moment was perfect for that character because she's she's a bad guy. She's an evil character and she always was an evil character. Now, had they have given us maybe like four episodes where we got to cut back and forth between the past of Agatha Harkness and the modern day stuff of what was going on with Wanda and we got to see the sort of how the Darkholds took this kind, lovely woman that I'm Sure, she could have she could have been and transitioned her into who Agatha Harkness was, that even could have helped to give us uh, some semblance of like, oh, that's what the Dark Hole does to you. That's why Wanda is gone and it's just the Scarlet Witch at this point in time.
0: I don't know. I-, I wasn't as uh as miffed by her character or frustrated with it. I think that there was a lot of groundwork that WandaVision set up that you know, again, this served as a as a part two to that, that character, regardless of how it was how it was handled. I think she 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 killed it though. She acted her heart out and she did such a great job. Oh yeah.
1: Elizabeth Olsen and rocked we'll- in this movie for sure.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And she's she has some of my favorite moments from the movie. Uh, so if it's okay with you, I'd love to just jump into our favorite moments and I'd love to start with the House of Mirrors. Like so I thought, good. the battle, the battle that we, that took place before at the temple, uh, was was really basic bitch style. <laughs> it was, neat uh, to you know,
2: it was yeah. neat to see her whisper into someone's mind again. And that was cool. That was cool. Probably yeah. the only cool part before the mirror section.
0: Yeah, but that was that was the that was the beginning of it, and then we got into it. And when she goes into that that room and the little the dollhouse noise, you know, I call it the house of M because it was the House of Mirrors, and it's just, you know, <laughs> she's staring at herself, and, you know, and then just how, you know, again, the reveal of the black on her fingers, and, you know, she goes in, and she's finding their way through the reflections, and this is where the Sam Raimi horror elements really kick in, and I was like, yeah. That, that whole, this whole sequence is the reason why I, I would probably keep this score at a four, because it was just so much fun. Even the the fun he had with, like, the, the doors slamming, and the quick camera push-ins to it, and just how she comes out of the... The gong. The gong is is that, that what she comes it, out with. Yeah, where she comes out with and she's like all like disfigured like a zombie and like she cracks her body back into place. Fantastic. It was so, so good. Um, But then she calls it out. You wasted all those lives just to protect this person. It's like the, the, the battle was really useless. It was just spectacle for the sake of spectacle. But here in this moment, that's where we got like these really great, Sam Raimi horror vibes. I absolutely loved it. The,
2: the, when that first guy gets sucked into the puddle, I was honestly like, what? What is happening? Oh, God.
1: <laughs> I just love the fact that she used... The thing that is very much meant to kept her, you know, away as like to her advantage. She took reflections she and then a used them. Instantly,
2: and, basically. Really yeah. cool.
1: Um, another great moment with with Wanda. While we're on there, of course, obviously the introduction with the WandaVision theme music coming in was was cheesy, oh, so but I, but so earned. Um, and then the the I think one of the the most um, probably the moment that stuck with me the most is she's tucking in her kids, and then the entire thing just goes quiet. Quiet. And yeah. she wakes up to the nightmare. It's it's staggering. Like that was gorgeous.
0: There's your first instance of establishing why she's the villain. Her walking life is a nightmare. And she establishes that in the temple. She says, Every night the same dream, and I wake up and it's the same nightmare. It's the ammo for why she is. At this point,
2: yeah, I feel like, and I feel like, again, the dark hole is what opened that door. Carthon's just like, hey, guess what? This is what happens in the multiverse, and that's all it takes for her to dream every night and just be worn exactly. down by that.
1: But just getting yeah. back to, like, I think, favorite moments, I wanted to shout out the Michael Waldron cameo. Like, uh, it was cool that, you know, after seeing him in uh, the interview that you did with, with uh, him and Sam Raimi, Justin, like, um, getting to see. Him standing next to Christine's husband on the balcony uh, during the Gargantos fight was just cool. He's got his signature mustache and he's dressed to the nines. And I also, speaking of that Gargantos fight, like I really enjoyed that fight I think it might have been the only one that I, I actually that was great. really mm-hmm. liked yeah, I think it was the way yeah. that Wong and Stephen battled him I think um, it's not saying much but it was the best fight sequence in the movie and I think even though it's a big CGI fest it represented the fighting styles of Doctor Strange and Wong and the mystic arts with the big fists yes. and like the, the saw blade light thing like those were the those, that's what I wanted so bad for the rest of the movie and it, they yeah. just didn't really do it again no it was all there it was
0: it was good it, it felt very it felt very comic book in that first uh that first battle with with Mm-hmm. even
2: like i i when i got out of the movie just and i said that was the only fight i enjoyed was that opening one yeah. and especially because even the quips or the jokes they said in it felt more in place like the marvel movie when you know he strange freeze wong and they're both getting ready to go after and fight this thing that little banter back and forth felt very mcu and i was like this feels right i enjoy this this is gonna be a good fight and it was a great fight so i thought that was really cool even with the whole i like how sam Raimi managed to have someone falling off a ledge or a ledge breaking and she almost falls like that's his yeah in spider-man i think everyone has someone falling off a ledge so he managed to get that in in this one too so it was neat
1: um i think flying through all the different universes was such a fun little moment i would have loved a little more of it, I would have loved. We should have spent more time in them. At least one of them, like a two minute scene or a three minute scene would have really helped this to be the multiverse of madness. I I don't know.
2: Yeah. Like if, if something happened to Chavis to kind of send her powers into overdrive and we see like a good five minute, like chase scene as they're running through instead of falling through, I think it would have been a lot cooler. If was more space between these gates that she was creating would have been, would have served
0: more to show us these universes or she suddenly learned her powers a little bit quicker and she was opening doors and closing doors and they were just running around.
1: Yeah, like mm-hmm. instead of it, in, instead of a chase scene through a gross tunnel, right? I get yeah. that it's a horror element, fine, but it's the multiverse of madness. Give me a chase scene through the multiverse. That sounds awesome. exactly. Especially
2: if you want to keep Wanda chasing her. If she's dreamwalking, if you have Chavez jumping through as she's afraid of Scarlet Witch, she'd probably just end up popping out near the Scarlet Witch in every one of these universes. So you could have had all these different spooks or jump scares of different witches trying to hunt down this one girl I thought that would, have been, that would have been a really cool thing instead of again the tunnel sequence still was pretty spooky and I really enjoyed it but I think it would have been a, a cooler way to get the same effect
0: yeah I, I really enjoyed the chase scene but then the fact that at the end there it's just like oh yeah this is you open a door and, the and you're there it. and it's like ah exactly. okay
2: I feel like you've <laughs> probably hitting it a bit more than just a long <laughs> tunnel with a watch lock.
1: Um, I, again, we mentioned it earlier, but I love the ideas that dreams are just other universes. I think it's really cool confirmation, and it it makes you sort of think back to other moments in the MCU of, like, dream sequences, because there have been some, and you start to really, like, be like, whoa, wait a minute. Does that mean those are other universes? So it's really well, think about Age of Ultron. Right? And that's the coolest part of, I think... About how this movie does expand the lore is it it uses little simple moments like that to give us big things that expand the lore. I think it reminds me a lot of like we just talked about in Moon Knight, right, where it gives us answers for what the afterlife is in the MCU, right. This is yeah, this is doing like. that yeah. for for how the universe and and the how multiverses and multiverse, works, yeah. and that's I think that's super yeah. cool because um, it just I love it when they can establish these sort of concrete rules that that really help us to understand because the moment They're she building said that, it out more. Yeah, the moment she said that I was like, Yep, that's that makes sense to me. And and I've I can recall some dreams that I've had that, you know, either they're i I feel bad for those nates or some of those nates I'm really jealous of, I gotta admit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool too, talking about the afterlife, is that we kinda got our first glimpse of what some sort of damned afterlife looks like with oh, true. zombie strange and all those the ghouls or whatever you want to call those demons coming out to try and exact their toll on him. And then I also thought it was really neat how he ended up using that power. Again, like we saw the ancient one use dark powers to protect the world. And so this is almost him doing the same thing with a different he dark is, power. Yeah. So I thought it was yeah. really cool to kind of see that mirroring with the last one where he's like, this is what needs to be done. And then he still manages to do the right thing despite having fallen. Right. Or yeah. allowed himself to be tempted by this yeah. dark side.
0: It's cool. I, I I do think it was like super on point to A, have a cape made of dead spirits <laughs> yeah. for Doctor Strange. I love that. It's mm-hmm. so Sam Raimi to do that. True. And then also to have a zombie kind of be the last iteration that's coming to save the day. Totally Sam Raimi. Yeah. Like I just I love that those elements found their way. Now they weren't handled great, <laughs> and this might lead into our moments that are the worst um and i'll you know again just going off of that i loved seeing all of that but when it came down to you know zombie strange will call him just going over and being able like you can do it america i believe in you you have the capability like she just needed a pep talk like again we, we already talked about this but that was like just a horrible moment in the movie mm-hmm. it just was like
2: ugh. okay if we're talking worse moments i think we all are thinking that one specific fight scene with sinister strange and it was a music battle
1: oh my gosh dude
2: was so bad with so this, a movie had so many great musical cues and stuff like that. I feel like the only musical part I can really remember from the movie is this god awful fight scene, which, again, doesn't make sense.
1: No, why it is it? Why, it did.
2: why why is he using notes? Why are the notes appearing? I don't. It, I don't know. Again, I bring did up the, like the, the
1: the concepts of like even just the Gargantos battle at the beginning, or you look at like the opening, the opening to Doctor Strange one. Is freaking incredible! I watched it on my way to to watching this movie on the plane, and the ancient one fighting um, who's the bad guy again from Cassilius? Yeah, fighting Cassilius is so much cooler than this music battle. We've got Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange, and they fight with music notes. Like I don't care how, yeah, how it, neat it is to hear like the da 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 like that. Cool, fine, bah! but like it, yeah, was, it was just weird. it, it was wasn't weird. well done. It just felt. Yeah. really ah. it felt out of place yeah. especially when strange really is fighting
2: the strange that has succumbed to the dark Hole. like Darkhold, show me yeah. him using chaos magic not exactly. music magic yeah. that we've never yeah, seen it was, before it was, like
0: it was i i feel like that was this was meant to be the confrontation that people really wanted to see strange fighting strange and it was really lame and like this is this is those this is the Sam Rami element where it just takes you out that yeah. camp it just doesn't make sense i just it it felt it took me right out i'm like what is happening right now this is not the epic battle that I thought I was going to get. And he has the dark hold. Like, why isn't he utilizing the hell out of that?
1: It felt like padding. It felt like padding. And it felt like the, it, it was like the entire incursion universe was cool to look at, stunning it to look at. Great. The concept of sinister strange is so cool. It's just the ex- execution of how they did this. Yeah. Um Execution is horrible. Not, not good at all. And I just feel like they could have come up with a much more creative way for, for our Steven to get a hold of a dark, of a dark hold, um if that's how he had to do it.
0: I, I already called it like the first battle at the temple was really bad. I just, it felt very generic. And again, like you said, Nate padding. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would have much rather Wanda just catch them off guard and like get into their minds and cause a cause chaos to happen, but it, it just did not go down that way. And it's such a
1: shame. Um, Wanda's accent. I also think was a little, all over the place like I get that they were trying to go for like she's a different character so she's gonna sound like that more I I don't know and I also like her, her speaking of annoying her kids Dude, her kids are so annoying. I'm so over Billy and Tommy. I want them to be Wiccan and Speed, but I don't want these kids to be them. <laughs> I want I want them to go away. The only thing I liked that was with their kids was that they were watching Oswald the Lucky Rabbit in their universe, which I like to imagine is Disney nodding at the fact that like Oswald was meant to be the Mickey Mouse. So it's like maybe in that universe he is the Mickey uh, Mouse of that universe. <laughs> I don't know. Shout out to Oswald. I Wolf. think
0: I think Dis- I don't I I think I think someone put that in there as as bo- a bit of a a plug that's a great call out. I also like the call out, though, that the kids are talking about the Detroit Tigers. Uh, because Sam Raimi is uh, big Detroit Tigers fans. I've you guys found that out our, in your our interview. Yeah. Uh, it, it was be, it was the prelude to the interview when we got on camera with them. We were and Kevin was uh, shooting the shit with them about baseball. So I caught that and I was like, Oh, that's that's pretty interesting. I, I enjoyed that part. But yeah, Nate, you're absolutely right. They were they were very um, they were they felt like they were younger than they actually were. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like They they were acting almost ice like ice cream s- song. What I, the frick? I was going (laughs) to say, what was that song? Why do they sing that song? They're like 10 or 11 years old now. It meant something to Wanda. It meant something to her. Dumb. But you called out the accent, uh, Nate. I actually thought that was interesting to weave her accent in and out because I think it shows her uh, inability to stay in one reality. uh, Okay. Because we know that our Wanda in our reality has the, the very thick uh uh accent, but you know, in, in the WandaVision we see her w- with this sort of more Western American uh Because of voice. the shows we, we, that she's we, emulating, we, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay. right? So it's like and when we see that bleed into her confrontations with Strange and, and other people throughout the MCU, it's, it's like a a Mark and Steven, right? You understand the reality of, of which character is which. I actually really enjoyed how they how they implemented that uh, as as a bit of a as a bit of a nod, in my mind at least. Mm-hmm. Her accent didn't mind me, uh, bother me either, because again, like you said, it it, sh-
2: it shows how she's like really confused and conflicted inside too, while this thing's controlling her. She just, just goes in more evil at yeah. some points than more of the mom at other points. It's kind, of, it was a really cool juxtaposition within the character.
1: I guess I just don't mm. like the accent. Um, it's an awful <laughs> accent. I, just thought it was a, I, I thought it was cool how they used yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I also, you know, I think you mentioned it already, Justin, but. The biggest I think the biggest gripe that I had as far as like the worst moment in the movie for me, other than other than Carl getting trapped in a hole. Like what the frick, Mordo? You're trapped in a hole. You're you're sorcerer supreme. I don't care if you've no got magic the... though. Yeah, but you know what? If 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 Stephen can, he had the higher ground. Okay. He got Whatever. the higher ground. You guys are Carl defenders. <laughs> I won't. De- <laughs> I won't defend that. Carl. 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 I love that. that was great. <laughs> um, but but my biggest my biggest gripe with this movie was the last moments with America Chavez. Trust yourself. Trust your power. You've been right all along. Every time you sent us through a portal, it's exactly where we needed to go. And then you, you know, kick that witch's ass with a zombie wink. It just, I was so out of the movie at that point. I was like, I'm not taking this seriously. They're not taking this seriously. And this is the biggest, most pinnacle point in the movie. Really bummed me out. And I think there's a moment... Uh, Right before we get to probably one of the best Wanda moments, and I will say Wanda moments instead of Scarlet Witch, um, which is when we see her and her kids see her as the Scarlet Witch, and she she goes in and and confronts them. (laughs) But there's a little brief instance that I was so dumbfounded by where America Chavez goes, "Uh uh-huh, and then Wanda goes, or Scarlet Witch goes, "Uh uh-uh, and I was just like. What are you making a TikTok right now? Like, what, what, why are you doing this? It just was so out of place. And it just, again, these are the Rammy things and, and, and maybe Michael Waldron writing aspects of this movie that these are, are gonna the execution problems. Yeah. Let's,
0: let's just, let's just frame it that yeah. way. Cause honestly, I, I think it, we're going back and forth, but trying to pin it on one or the other. Sure, this is just comes down to a, a, an overall execution from both a writing and a directing standpoint, and I, I totally agree with you. I think the wink and the nod from literal wink and nod, is- <laughs> yeah yeah a literal wink and nod like you got this kid yeah. so he literally just came back to give her the confidence that she needed like I just again it, it just it takes away from from everything all of this gets devalued with winking and mm-hmm uh-uh you know what I mean like it's just yeah. this it's just corny right yeah. so yeah bad execution
2: yeah again they're trying to do that MCU mid-combat humor that like the Avengers are known for and stuff like that like, yeah just like in the middle of that combat I they am Steve Rogers best moment yeah, yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> drop one line in the middle of combat or like leading up to something that'll just be like that's memorable because it's it's right fits the moment but all this stuff just felt so out of place because they were going for such a spooky thing then the next thing will be followed up with one of the dumbest one-liners ever yeah like it it was just back and forth i could not i couldn't stand any of the quips in this movie basically like i said yeah. the only good one was the one leading up to that shuma Gorath or Gargantu, gargantos fight at the beginning and then after that it was all downhill no good oh, picks yo. from that point on. There is one that we're s- going
1: to get to once we start talking about this Illuminati, I think, for me, that, that really worked. <laughs> that was cheesy. But, you
0: know. no, um, no. If it's the one I'm thinking of, God, God name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, we've been dancing around it, uh, and I think it's time that we really talk about uh, those cameos and the introduction of the Illuminati in uh, Multiverse 813. Is that it? 838. 8-3- 838 in universe 838 um and yeah we got our i guess first look at a potential fantastic four character which shocked a lot of people i was spoiled this i will i will say that i i did not do my due diligence soon enough for on twitter and was spoiled the introduction of John Krasinski as as uh, Reed Richards, uh fan casting that we finally got to see on screen. We were also introduced to Captain Carter, uh which was very much in the rumor mill. They even put her shield in the poster. I don't think any of us really anticipated that she might be uh in the I didn't think mean, she was going to be in the Illuminati, no. No, that's that's yeah. no. news to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? So I thought that was that was Interesting. That's an interesting cool. way. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought they might have discovered her along their multiversal travel, but apparently that was just segregated to one scene, and then they were there. Uh, we also got introduced to Captain Marvel, but this is it's Maria Rambo, which is fantastic to see because it just kind of again connects all the dots from what we know in the past MCU. Uh, of course, Carl. Mordo, <laughs> yeah. is, is a part of this thing. Yeah, uh, but uh, we got the reveal of Charles Xavier, which was heavily hinted at in the in the trailer. But I just I think the biggest mystery was what what version we were going to see. But then a few days before the movie came out, they decided to release a tantalizing teaser. Well, that's Marvel that decided to do it, and it showed uh, green suit on the yellow hover. And I gotta say, seeing this thing in person on screen. It was wild to see a n- 1990s animated version of Xavier show up in this movie.
2: It's also from the Jim Lee run of X Men, too. He was the first right. one to introduce that color to the character. And so that was really right. cool, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder, though, with the introduction of, of this version and, you know, even the signature song that just kind of plays. Oh, uh, when as that he, popped, Justin's definitely hinting at that. It was though. perfect. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm wondering if he'll be voicing uh, Xavier in the animated uh, series. I hope so so. Uh, just just throwing that so out good. as a early early prediction. I, I also uh, hope that this also... means
1: that they can use that music going forward. Like if we do get an X Men live action with that music, let's freaking Giacchino or Ludwig <laughs> or whoever wants to do it. I don't care. Do that. Oh, so now the
0: last the last uh, Illuminati member that that uh, I, I forgot to mention was was Black Bolt. Mm-hmm. We 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 got a a proper looking version of it, Black Bolt yeah. that Darcy he he's more he, he's more comic accurate from his looks and his his power
2: his power set, correct? Again, well, I've actually just started rewatching Inhumans because I had to remember if he was the worst part of that and he was actually <laughs> not the worst part. He this was a much more like giving him a shot to redeem the character and he totally did. He is everything that I thought the Inhuman King would be and it was an incredible Again, I didn't like the show for a lot of reasons, but rewatching it, it was not because of him. So I really I thought it was a really cool pop.
1: Yeah, I, I really dug both how we were introduced to these characters uh, and how they took them away. I think, honestly, when I talk about giggling and laughing all the way home, I don't care how in, how maniacal this makes me sound. I really dug dug this and it took me a while like at first I was really upset with what they did to these characters and then after I started thinking about it I was like no you know what this is confirmation that we get to have this in the MCU because if this is in one, mo- in one universe it means it's in another and it's also it, it was also just a lot of fun and and um and and it made for like a really sort of fun like shock and also a battle that i never thought we'd see i really enjoyed reed richards as john krasinski i'd love now that john watts has dropped out i'd love for him to direct a fantastic four movie and be in it um they've established that you can be the same person in a different universe they've also established you can be someone else so i i I could see them doing that as well but i think you know um Bringing him back and then killing him, or bringing him in and then killing him off was a way for them to test the waters with him and see how much, because obviously fans, I think, do want him in the role, but I think he's- I don't. No? Really? I don't. I
2: wanted I, it. I thought it'd be cool, but seeing it, I'm like, nope, I couldn't do a whole movie nah. with that. I was not oh, buying no. him as the smartest man in the room. Oh, I love It him. was just Jim, Jim from paper sales was just standing in the Illuminati. It didn't make any sense to really? me. Really? I, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm
0: glad they gave us the fan service, and, and and I think that what would be great, Nate, you called it, if if he does direct the movie, mm-hmm. and he does make an appearance as a Reed Richards from another universe as he a council of reeds, and he's a couple okay. of the older ones. I'm all okay with that too. Uh, that sounds 100%. great. I love that. That's that's good. But there could be variations of it. I, I don't think John Krasinski has gone on the record. The same with Emily Blunt that they feel like they're they're too old to really be doing that. The, the, the commitment that 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 this has, and honestly. If Fantastic Four is handled properly, this could be the new Avengers or the new start of a new Avengers through the MCU with the Fantastic Four kind of in the center of it. I think that if they play their cards right and they use these characters properly, it could really help set up uh, another huge crossover event. Which they're already seed planting, as we see throughout 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 all the of uh, Phase Four so far. That you know Kang and so many other elements that are going to come into play. So. I don't know. I just I, I seeing John Krasinski. I loved seeing him, and I loved seeing him die. They were like though they, they they did the best thing that they could with that. I just I don't know if I could handle a whole movie with him as Reed Richards. I, I don't think I could do do it. I, I I'm totally with you, Dars. Bunch of Jim yeah. haters. Well, I love Jim. He's just Jim is not I the smartest Jim. man in the universe. Yeah,
2: so I'm that's sure. just my opinion. I we're talking about their entrances, though. I did think it was really cool that we did get to see almost like the Doctor Doom's time travel machine is always yes. just that flat square in the comics. So seeing Reed, it's almost like he's taken that and just turned it into either he's coming back from a time travel trip or he's using that as just a way to get around easily. Also, what if, I, who's to say invisible, wasn't, invisible Woman wasn't in the room? Like she's invisible. She could have just been <laughs> staring. The oh. Good, good point. Good
0: point. That's that's a really. Fun- <laughs> That's a, silly, that's a silly thing to say, but it's a good point. It's a, a very point. Sam but Raimi thing to, to do,
1: th- actually.
0: For yeah. sure. She's in the corner. Yeah. Um, but with that, I, 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 I think the most interesting part about seeing Reed Richards and, and seeing John Krasinski is, is those elements. Like, you know, the, the time traveling element that reveals that he's there, very doom in the comics. Uh, but also, like, just the fact that he mentioned his wife. The, fe- mm-hmm. the fact that he and mentioned. He kids. He has kids. So it's like, it's like, oh, sweet. Like, we're getting in there. Even just hearing Baxter. Like the Baxter Foundation. yeah, Baxter Institute. Foundation. Like, yeah. oh, Baxter that... Foundation. like I, honestly, like th- those elements, I think did 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 really really great more than just seeing John Krasinski, uh, in, in in the role. So,
1: but see, I think, but Justin, I think that's that honestly, right there is what differentiates a subsection of Marvel fans who are uber fans and also would read the comic books. And then the other section of uber fans who are uber fans for the MCU specifically, who did do the fan casting, who do want John Krasinski. I feel like I might sit somewhere in the middle of that, to be honest with you. But I just I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like you getting more stoked over the Baxter Foundation being mentioned is not going to be the same for so many other people.
2: To me, uh, it just seems weird that he was a forefront fighter. He was the first one to interact with Scarlet Witch when it has been established in the comics that the invisible woman is the strongest member of the four just because of her powers to create those impenetrable, invisible barriers. She can cut off oxygen or just chop someone's head off. Like her powers are the most, like the, she's the most powerful. So she's usually on the front line. So why Reed is the one to introduce it when all he can do is stretch doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah. It, it, it seems like they put their weakest, the weakest the fighter forefront. forward, basically. But he was he was obviously trying to I guess an argument can be made that he was trying to talk her down. And you could talk her, her down from
2: the back of the room, get a microphone, <laughs> turn your hand into one. Like I mean, he's he's the smartest <laughs> man in the world. And he didn't seem that way to me.
1: But with this sequence, I also want to just shout out they pushed that PG thirteen hard. They pushed it because Dude. getting to see Captain Carter literally cut in half with the blood on the shield, you know, the whole I think there was a whole uh, moment for like I think a day where Disney went in and and removed the blood from the shield in uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier and then they added it back. And I think with this movie, this is really going to push them to start to say, "Okay, we got Deadpool coming. We've got sequences with Jake Lockley coming. We're going to need to have blood in the MCU and, and this gore and the just what I can't get out of my mind and I don't want to in case it does the same thing to me the way that Black Bolt goes out in this movie what mouth so no good. mouth and just that Horrifying, like visual with the blood coming out of his nose. I was just like, he screamed. Yeah. He screamed. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. shocking and and mortifying to the point where, like, I heard that there were a lot of parents that had tickets to this movie that were like, "Nah, I don't think after hearing what this what happens in this movie, I'm not going to take my kids to it."
2: Yeah, I mean, I it was a wicked way to kill him off. I thought it was great. Perfect. Just, again, going from the comics probably wouldn't be the way it played out because he is strong enough to destroy himself. That's why his mouth. Even if his mouth, his lips were sealed, so he would have he blasted tossed, through his lips. His lips would have been, yeah, his lips yeah. would have been torn off his face. He is that strong. But I thought it was a really unique way of using his power against him because we got to see how strong it is, and then just to imagine that bouncing around your skull is incredible.
1: And just one last thing about the the that whole moment there, I could do this all day. I just like, come on, Peggy Carter saying, yeah, was, "I could do that that this all okay, day." That, yeah.
2: Loved that it. one was good. I thought we were gonna talk. About, that was the only other good quip, but that's because it was a good callback. Yeah. I mean, one of the worst quips I can think
0: of is the Illuminati.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So bad.
0: (laughs) It just, it just, it just, that, that quip really just, you know, again, with all the seriousness built around introducing the Illuminati, it just devalued it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By him going, Illuminati? Like, you could see something like that in, in a Taika Waititi. You could see something like that with, like, Thor's character maybe saying that. But there was such a seriousness in and around the situation. Um, I don't know i i guess it kind of highlights the sort of egotistical behaviors of, of Stephen strange uh the shield the shield cutting through captain carter was absolutely dope i, I it brought me back to the glider killing uh norman osborne in spider-man one especially the way it's cut um in terms of like it shows the shield and then it cuts to the face and sees the reaction um and then you see the shield uh, obviously on the other end in the wall um but um, yeah, like I think, if of of all things that this sequence really shows and and was meant to show, was how powerful Wanda is. Uh, this was really a a a an action set piece that was kind of built to showcase her abilities and her power. Um, and I think it did a better job of doing that than you know the first battle we got attacking the temple, or even you know towards the end of this movie. Here we saw the the brutality of of her. Um, right up until when she when she killed uh, even Xavier, right? Like mm-hmm. to see Xavier just get his neck cracked like that, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs>
2: again, a very spooky way to kill the character. But from yeah. the comics, he could liquefy a person's brain in under a second. So that was clearly one of the more weak versions of Xavier in the multiverse because he is Omega level mutant. He can handle Scarlet Witch. That's kind of his whole thing. He's the one who made it forget in the comics. Like he can rewrite people's minds yeah. from the ground up he is a master of the astral plane. I so see him get taken out so quickly just made me think there's got to be a stronger one out there somewhere and I'm hoping that's the one we get to see going forward
1: I thought the the visuals in the scene with Xavier in Wanda's mind where it's got the white, like the Matrix, like white room mm. with the red smoke coming in, was gorgeous. I could see that on a Mondo poster right now. And then just the way that they they were so intentional to use the Sokovian rubble with the war siren going on in the background and the TV playing WandaVision, I just thought that was really, really well done. And that that moment um, and the way that that ends was just horrifying. Um, and I'm sure might not have been the best for everyone, but I I just thought that whole sequence was visually really impressive.
0: You know, I, I'm going to just say this. I, I totally called it where... <laughs> you did call it, yeah. You know, the, moment, the, eye. the moment in the trailer where we fly into Wanda's eye, I said that that was going to be the moment that Xavier goes into her mind. Bada boom! Of all the things I got right, I got right. I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna celebrate that. But anyways, uh, I, I, I love that the the way they showcased his powers throughout, and you know, we really get to see this sort of astral plane uh, take effect as we see his telekinesis enter the mind of Wanda. I thought it was just so smart to kind of introduce that, kind of connecting connecting things back to Moon Knight and all the idea of different planes of reality that. Uh, exist and unfortunately he he didn't last much like everyone else uh he succumbed to death at the hands of wanda as you were saying nate and and that's the other thing too it's like it's like all the all the the quick deaths um of these characters like to me this feels like fan service for the sake of fan service rather than what we got in no way home where it was fan service In the form of informing the narrative like yeah it reveals a lot about Doctor Strange's character in in the grand scheme of the multiverse, but I I don't know I just I just feel like again introducing these characters and taking them away. It's really more or less uh, a way that Marvel is saying, you know, you're going to see other versions of these characters, but they can exist here. For a moment.
1: It's world building through fan service. I don't think this is exactly how people wanted the X-Men to be brought into this universe is with the death of Xavier. Again, as much as I I look at it and I'm like, that was super cool to see. I don't think this is the way that people wanted their first X-Men in in this in, in our MC. Or their
0: first Reed Richards. I don't think we really need that. Like again, I would have loved if, if it was just the Baxter Foundation and he wasn't even there. It was someone else. Maybe you got like a, a another Iron Man or an Ultron or something like that that was that was part of this Illuminati. And I, 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 I don't know how accurate the Illuminati is always changing, obviously throughout the comics. So, you know, this iteration, there's some things that are right there's some things that that are not right if i'm if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. because like captain carter being a part of it i don't even think
2: captain america was ever a part of the illuminati because he's too righteous he's always going to want to save everyone where in the comics the illuminati destroyed planets to save their own from the incursion coming like they pulled the trigger and killed trillions of lives as a group trying to find all possible solutions the smartest people on the planet were like this is the only way
0: do you think we'll see another version of the illuminati if we're going to go the
2: incursion route, we will definitely be seeing some form of the Illuminati or some form of of t- uh, a team going around to either destroy worlds pre-incursion or maybe stop the incursions before they happen or and save anyone they can type thing.
1: And just to clarify, an incursion is when one universe ends up merging with another one and then yes. one and, of them has to go away in order to solve that problem.
2: Yes. Okay. And I'm not sure if it'll be the same in the MCU, but in the comics, it's very specific that two Earths are colliding and as a result, the universes then follow. So it always starts with the Earth where our heroes it's are always located. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it'll be it'll be very curious to see if that's the route they go or if it'll just be more like a natural thing where it'll be happening throughout the galaxy across the timelines.
0: Right. And it's just it's interesting here to to think about, like, the fact that with all of this talk about incursion, that kind of leads us to to our our end credit stinger here, where we are introduced to a new character as Dr. Strange is roaming the streets of of New York. He is confronted by Clea, Clea. a Clea, a, a sorcerer of her own right, actually. Darcy, why don't you explain I, I I don't know enough about this character to actually try so who is Cleo? What, what what is her importance
2: so in the comics she is known to be another you know very powerful sorceress who happens to come from the dark dimension uh, and she's Dormammu's niece uh, she's no, okay. a race known as Faltine which are kind of like a, basically an extra-dimensional fairy they have innate like immense innate power so she is very powerful sorceress in her own right and goes on to become the sometimes paramour sometimes enemy sometimes just ally of Doctor Strange going forward. So seeing her reveal and knowing that we're going to get more of her story going forward, I was, I'm pretty sure I literally slapped my face besides you going Home Alone style. Like, oh my God, it's her. (laughs) I got
0: so excited for that. And her was actually played by Charlize Theron. So this is the rumored role that she is taking on. And it looks like the Darkhold has had an effect on our doctor. Strange, because he's got a third eye now. and uh, so does this mean that because he has used the dark hold, that he has somehow adopted more sinister dark powers in his 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 magic capabilities? I, I was I was intrigued by it because I felt like there was an, a reason to why the sinister Strange had it because he was so immersed in it but this small little instance of him using the Darkhold has instigated him to have this third eye? Or is it the universe correcting itself because there always needs to be a sinister strange?
2: No, The way I see it is, again, in the comics, earlier runs of Doctor Strange, he had a third eye that helped him see the things between the world. Like, you know how he casts a spell at the beginning of the movie to see Gargantos. Uh, That third eye usually is how most magical people will access that site or whatever in a lot of forms of magic lore. That's kind of a very common thing is the third Hmm. eye lets you see to the other planes. Uh, So I I think that more is the beginning, like what the, the the first type of influence the dark world will have where now Steven can't hide from those things that he's going to always see these parasites Hmm. invading our realm. And again, Hmm. that's something straight from the comics where after magic has been destroyed and he's trying to rebuild it from the ground up, he sees all sorts of parasites invading the world and he has to try and help them or defeat them depending on the case or situation. So I think, again, it's just he's got permanent sight now.
0: He sees more than he should. Well, it looks like he's going to need that sight because uh, Clea rips open a hole through their reality to reveal what I'm assuming was, was the dark dimension and she informs Doctor Strange that he has begun an incursion And it looks like they're off to go try to stop that. Uh, I don't know if this is where we're getting our Doctor Strange 3.
1: Well, just before we jump in there, I just wanted to ask Darcy... Dimension, like obviously with Loki, there was the whole aspect of like universes and timelines and and, and trying to differentiate that. We're not going to get the whiteboard out to, to figure that out right now. Um, but dimensions being different than universes, does each universe have its own version of the dark dimension or is it is it a dimension that's separate from the idea of traveling through universes?
2: So the quantum realm in the comics, I believe, is a grounding point across all existence. Like all multiverse will have the same quantum realm. I believe is the way that okay. that is being depicted. But also it's been like there are, in the comics, there are ones that are again, different from every universe has another one of the dark dimensions or something. So it's really up in the air. Whether they or haven't or confirmed the that in the dark MCU, dimension. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They haven't even that quantum realm thing is more speculation than anything else. So,
1: well, I yeah. think um, if I was to throw a prediction out there and it's kind of already what you've been Talking about earlier in the podcast, Darcy, is that aspect of this multiversal war. I think it's very purposeful that Michael Waldron was the writer for this movie, given his work on Loki. And at the end of Loki, he who remains tells us about this multiversal war. I think then, you know, if we're thinking about Endgame, right, and we, we're seeing these movies work in phases to work towards that you know Kevin Feige's sitting there and he's like racking his brain how do we get something bigger than Endgame and it would be this this uh, this idea of moving into this multiversal sure. war like imagine okay imagine the scene from Endgame where you've got everyone from the Kamar all the Wakandans and all the Avengers and everyone that we've gotten since now running towards and on the other side is just the all the alternate versions of them like that is so cool and such a, a phenomenal idea and such a, a an easy win to to bring back almost like a nostalgic feeling for Endgame. I don't care if it feels like the same. I, I feel like to me, I would be like, it reminds me of one of the best movies I've ever watched from the MCU.
2: I think what would be cool is if going forward, whenever we get this Fantastic Four movie or this X-Men movie, if they give us a movie and they have some similar events that we've known, they may name drop those things, but then it's later revealed to be another universe that we've been seeing. And then that, that culmination, that secret war that happens is the clashing of these two worlds that they've already established. Cause that would give oh, us see. that we have our X-Men background already woven into the storyline in this one universe, but with the universe mm. that we're familiar with could be completely mashed together. And now you're rooting for both sides, oh, much like yeah. the comics.
0: My, my original theory when we were going into going into this movie was that it was going to be revealed that the universe that we are currently in is without mutants. Cause Wanda did that or she already did, you know, no more mutants. And that's why we have the MCU that we have that hasn't had them. Obviously that's not how it played out in this movie. That was just a fun little theory, but we were talking about how this incursion could lead to, you know, those characters finding their way into, the MCU because of this idea of these universes coming t- together and maybe that being the event I- in terms of like building to this ultimate crossover movie I feel like that's going to look very different from what we've already gotten and rightfully so I think Marvel knows that they they can't necessarily just do another build up massive crossover that's going to have like this Endgame style battle because it's just going to feel very Generic. Like, they took, what, 10 years to get to Endgame? Is that is that right? T- 10 years, 22, 23 movies? I feel like it's going to be, like, close to 15 to get to something that's going to be massive in crossover. Because there's just going to be so much else that's happening that's gonna be kind of going on in the MCU through phase four and phase five. And inevitably once we maybe get to like something like a phase six or seven, we'll start to see where that kind of happens. But with everything that they've they've already planted in phase four, it's it seems like it's gonna be a while before we get to this sort of massive crossover. I I
2: mean I don't know how much into the comics I want to get because Secret Wars and then Time Runs Out are two really cool storylines that deal with the incursions. And then what happens after that would be a very big moment in the MCU. I can't really talk about what ramifications would come from this story without completely spoiling it, but it's easy to say that a lot of the characters that have been introduced through Kang, with our first look at Reed Richards, with the all these multiverses already showing like had to have potentially teams assembled, um, it, it is going to be a very almost a hard reset on the MCU as we know it at that point. Wow. So it'll be very interesting to see if that's the route they go and how long it takes to get there because again with the seeds they're planting the story that's involved with it is was like groundbreaking and earth-shattering for the Marvel universe. And then we're I and then we're thinking we keep doing.
1: like a core group, maybe a young Avengers, a core group of characters that 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 do continue into past this hard reset, I don't. I just <laughs> I have a really hard time feeling that fans would just be like, we're gonna just drop everything from the last, you know, however many years. It, it I, would be the young. No, it'd be way yeah. of getting
2: rid of you know the the Thor, the Benedict kind sure. of match. like all the older heroes that have been there from since the beginning. It'd be a way to move past them while introducing newer versions of them with with that would fit into the overall storyline. Interesting, because again, yeah. the uh, the fallout from the two series I mentioned is is an incredible storyline that could, you know, be a lot of fun to explore in movies and TV shows if they do end up going that route.
0: Interesting. Well, there is a lot to think about in regards to what the future has to hold for the MCU. I know one person who knows, that's Kevin Feige, and uh, apparently recently he had a, a little retreat with his entire marvel crew and they're figuring out the next 10 years and god i can't wait to see what they have in store for us but yeah that sounds like it would be right up their alley
1: i think there's one no there is one more person justin or one more uh, character oh, rather of course do you know who it is oh yeah it's mephisto pizza papa <laughs> i'm telling you right now we're going to see pizza papa return and he's going to have devil horns it's going to happen i don't care <laughs>
0: Maybe in Doctor Strange three, it'll. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> wondering if Sam is going to come back and and do it. What's your take on Wanda, guys? Because we we haven't really talked about the end of of her character. Because it seems like by the end of this, she is gone. Yeah,
2: I mean, i as I assume that big red burst as the yeah is coming down yeah. at the end there was the power being released from her body because
0: swoosh, explode. That's just all <laughs> I could think. Basically. So- but like with with talks of like potentially uh scarlet witch movie or show or something that that we'll get more of is it safe to say that it's not going to be this universe's wanda or scarlet witch are we going to see another I'm one? wondering
1: if House of Harkness is going to play into that answer um, I feel like you can't do House of Harkness without some semblance of of Wanda I I would be really interested to see if like, I, I personally think Wanda is going to come back because I do think that there's going to be enough fan backlash from this movie alone to really push them to bring Elizabeth Olsen and, and Wanda specifically back. The Scarlet Witch, I do think, has been defeated. I think this was her movie and and, and that's fine. Um, the only thing I could see from a standpoint of the Scarlet Witch is her is her retaking the Scarlet Witch. Is her retaking that name and and making it into something as a as a positive thing rather than a negative thing in this movie?
0: But is she not the Scarlet Witch? Not in a like, positive it's, way. It's, yeah, but that's because the Darkhold had had that influence on her and utilized her power in a negative manner. Right. Like she is the Scarlet Witch. At the end of Wandavision, it, it was established that that the powers that are imbued in her are of the Scarlet Witch. So she is and has always been. The Scarlet Witch, it's just we got a definition to that. We got, we, got, we got confirmation of that. And I feel like, again, I just go back to what we were talking about before, where the Darkhold is leveraging her powers for evil. I just
1: don't know if after this movie you can pull a Loki with something like that, where we bring her and it's like all of a sudden she's a good character as the Scarlet Witch. Again, I think Wanda will come back. I just think for the Scarlet Witch in particular, it'll, be, it'll have to be a, a different version of her. She's learned her lesson.
2: It's just interesting to talk about Scarlet Witch and the, this power, because in the comics, it is established that C'thon was integral in her creation and birth, basically. Uh, on the Wondagorn Mountain, that was also the home of the High Evolutionary, who in the comics created the two twins, Wanda and Pietro. And at the moment of her their births, basically... Cathon, who was escaping from the mountain, was sealed back away. So it was almost like as he was leaving, he left a piece of himself in Wanda that turned her into the Scarlet Witch. So it seems like something very similar has happened in this thing where that power is directly tied to Chthon. So I feel like going forward, she she might not have any of the chaos power left. So she could be the Scarlet Mm. Witch without being the Scarlet Witch. It would be her name and not a title that
0: she's uh, bestowed upon her. Well, that kind of ties into like what they kind of revealed in WandaVision that like she was always she always had something special about her before the Mind Stone really unlocked that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, are we saying then potentially Pedro and 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 Wanda came from. Uh, from this 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 mountaintop from Cthon and and you know basically it took time for their powers to be revealed and it was unlocked through the Mind Stone. Like I'm wondering because it felt like in Wandavision that they were hinting at it was almost like a mutation that was in her already mm-hmm. that the Mind Stone very much just unlocked accelerated from and her unlocked, expo- yeah. exactly and could, from her exposure to it. So it felt like they were hinting at something there of you know it wasn't just the Mind Stone that gave her her powers. There was something inherently in her that unlocked and mm-hmm. maybe that's it i don't know um but yeah well that's it guys i think we've uh we've 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 gone well over time <laughs> well <laughs> over time yep, uh, but down. with good reason yeah for, for good reason because there was a lot to talk about and uh again it was probably a little messy very much like the the multiverse itself but nonetheless. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, feel free to leave us a five-star review. We always appreciate the love from whatever multiverse you're from, and we would always love to hear from you as well. So if you've seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and you have your own thoughts and opinions, feel free to share with us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that feels like you're causing an incursion, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Geekcentric YT or on Instagram at We Are Geekcentric. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content and a ton of our recent content. Covering Doctor Strange. Now, if you're listening to this, you probably don't need to listen to our spoiler free, but you will want to listen to our interview with writer Michael Waldron and director Sam Raimi as they share a little more insight of what went into making this movie and what they do in their free time to just relax. We also just wrapped up our Watch Club for Marvel Studios Moon Knight. So, for all things Marvel, you definitely will want to listen to that. We had a great conversation about that finale. Also, for things that are not MCU related, we Also just dropped our spoiler-filled discussion for the Ozark finale. So if you finished watching that series, definitely want to check out that episode to hear our thoughts. And also we have new episodes coming at you every week, such as our This Week in Geek, where we cover the latest news and trailers. Plus keep an eye out for reviews, as they will randomly be dropping throughout the week. Uh, But until then, Nate, Darcy, Thank you so much for joining yeah. me for this spoiler filled yeah, discussion. We got into it, boys. I'm oh, I'm very I'm glad excited I could talk about all of that. Yeah, exactly. It's it there there has to be a place for us to geek out and thankfully that is the Geek Centric Podcast. So, until next time, as we say,
1: Pizza Papa loves you.
0: Later's. Peace.